one of those days. So, hey, so uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2 and Romans chapter 5 this morning. Um, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Um, before we get into the message, I wanted to take a moment and uh, for us to pray together for the young people and the families that are represented by these backpacks that um, I don't even know if the, I don't think this is all of them I think there's more out in the lobby and I know there was been some in the office as well um, but I wanted us to do that so if you're familiar um, first of all I know a lot of you weren't even able to sponsor uh, this year because they went so quickly um, that very first week and so for those of you that were able to do it Thank you. For those of you who wanted to do it and you couldn't, also thank you. Um, I know that you'll do something else uh, this Christmas um, to, to be a blessing to others. But uh, we partner with Lowndes County Schools, and they give us the uh, names of, of uh, families, of those who we can bless and be a part of their Christmas this year. And you guys always, always, always uh, respond in, in such an amazing way. So let's take a moment and let's pray for the families represented by each of these backpacks. Lord, um, thank you for the way in which you show up in intangible ways in people's lives. I thank you for how you, um, you move in, in the hearts of our people to respond and, and do something that for many of us is a, a rather simple response. It's, it's not a burden on us. It's not difficult to do. Um, we respond, we're, we're able to do it, and, and, we, and we do it. <laughs> but God, it, is, it has an eternal impact in that it, it affects lives. It shows someone that you love them, that you care for them, that you, that you see them, that you see them in their need. God, in these backpacks, though they are items, toys and clothes and other little things, they are answers to prayer from a lot of these parents. So God, I just pray that each and every family knows this Christmas that you know them and you love them and you hear their prayers. And I pray, God, that they are impacted in an eternal way for the kingdom. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being a part part of this. So um, I have a question to start us off this morning, a, a question for you to ponder. Um, what is your level of joy right now in your life? Right? If you had to rate it, scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your joy right now? Now, I don't, I don't know if you can immediately come up with a number. It's kind of a hard thing to measure. Uh, but much like the theme of peace that we talked about last week, uh, we tend to look at the externalities of our lives, the things going on outside, to gauge our level of joy. When someone poses a question like that, you know, um, how do you come up with this, with the, uh, a number? How do you how do you come up with a, a system to end it, to find this number? You know, what's going on in my life? You know, what's good? What's not so good? What's exciting? What am I dreading? You know, what's zapping me? You know, totally. You know. It, if someone asks me, Shannon, what's your level of joy, scale to 1 to 10, here's a little glance into my life at this moment. Um, maybe it's similar to some of yours. Um, my first thought is, if you were to ask me that, um, I am emotionally and physically exhausted. 
Okay, anyone else? Um, we moved this weekend. So that is, if you've moved, you know, it's just a lot. Um, not just this weekend, really, it's been a while. Uh, Drew helped his dad move the week before and some of his friends. And it's exciting, but it's exhausting. Okay, so that's, that's a factor. Um, it's, it, it's just a wonderful experience, but just boom. And then as most of you know, if you've ever moved, that moving is expensive. <laughs> um, it comes with a cost. You know, you can find every bargain you can, but it's still expensive. And the cost of moving plus, I mean, the interest rate is grossly obscene right now. So the financial, there's like a little financial cloud kind of hanging out, you know, over the Pattersons right now. So, so we have exhaustion and financial cloud. Anyone else? Can you go, oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah. Um, and then to top it off, just for fun, um, a little stomach bug came to visit the Pattersons. So if anyone wants to come up and say, hey, afterwards and shake my hand, <laughs> um, don't want to do that. Um, so exhaustion, finances, uh, illness, and then some of these factors, mostly the, the moving thing and all that, it led to a decision that Drew and I made to postpone going out to see family in Oklahoma over Christmas, which really bums me out because I haven't been home to Oklahoma since the spring of 21. So like, I don't know, however, however that math is, um, however many months that is. And that, that bums me out. Um, so exhaustion, finances, illness, family. Okay? Um, my joy, if I had to base it on externals only, I would be like five, maybe, and I'm probably being optimistic there, you know? So what's your, what's your level of joy? Because exhaustion, some of you are like, got it understood I'm, I'm with you on that finances some of you wish that the financial cloud in your life right now was just about moving expenses okay but you, you understand that illness again a stomach bug is nothing compared to what many people are facing and dealing with their loved ones um, family <laughs> family uh, some of you're going I wish it had been you know 21 months since I've seen some of my family <laughs> <laughs> um, distance is good. So what's your level of joy right now? I'm going to do something we don't do a lot, but would you lean over and tell someone what your number is right now? If you could think of it, go ahead and tell them. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> now, I didn't say tell your life story. I just said, you know, give them a number. Even though I just gave you mine. So here's the deal. Um, now, I, now, I just want to raise your hand if you think the person that told you their number's lying. No, don't do that. That's not good. <laughs> it's just not, we don't want to do that. There's this tendency we have to mix up, uh, confuse, uh, like, I don't know, categories, like maybe we, what we would say joy is like, no, that really was just an enjoyable time. It was a good time. Like I found pleasure in that experience, right? And then I think there's this other area of life like where we are content. I mean, that, to me, that's probably where I could, I could uh, categorize when I think about joy is, a, is this place of contentment. Are things good? And, and like, it, do I feel a sense of like last week, peace, you know, like, it's peace and joy go together, right? And all the little Christmas things that you can buy, those words are always thrown together. Um, and then there's this other category, which I think is the actual, real, true peace. 
right? So we have like good time, you know, that was, re- was really fun and contentment. And then peace, actual, or excuse me, joy, actual joy. Um, you know, because when you think about just a good time, it could be a, a really fun vacation, you know, or a candy bar. I mean, it's just like one of those things. It's like, I, lo- I love that experience, you know. And then the being satisfied with your life, your home, your job, your, your relationships, contentment. But joy, joy is what we're talking about today, right? Christmas lights, we're talking about the different lights, the Advent candle, the light of joy. Well, with joy, it, it's not a fleeting emotion. It's not an external thing. It, it's not something that comes and goes. It's, it's, it's a deep way of being joy. And it's not found in things. It's, it's found in a person. So real joy never, ever, ever originates within us. It never originates in another person unless you're talking about the person of Jesus Christ. That's where joy is found. And so maybe, maybe this is why um, so many can find it difficult to, to find real joy at Christmas, even though it's one of those buzzwords at Christmas. It's a hard word to, to go, yeah, I've got that. I have that joy. You know, we... we uh, when we talk about feelings and circumstances and family and presence and travel and all these externals. Now, you're smart people. Uh, you know what I'm about to say because you're in church this morning. <laughs> um, but I'll say this. Knowing, even knowing what I'm about to say about joy as we look into the scriptures, even knowing what I'm about to say and living what we're about to read together are two different things, friends. So for any of us who think, oh, I got the joy thing down, and I understand that I'm supposed to have the joy of the Lord, and I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart, and, and I know this stuff, knowing it and living it are two different things. Okay? I know what I'm about to say, but living it is a challenge. So let's be challenged together, okay? External conditions. External conditions should not affect our joy at all. It is the eternal promises, not external. It's the eternal promises that should only, should be the only factor determining our joy. Eternal promises should be the only thing that is an indicator of our joy. The only thing. True joy comes from living for and in Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 11, uh, verse 8, excuse me. Very familiar text, but knowing and doing, let's watch this. Because we're going to see some action steps. And Well, actually, it'll be in Matthew 2, we see some action steps. But look at this in regard to joy. Starting in verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. And then this is the real promise. I mean, it's a miracle what just took place just in that moment. 
what just happened, what's happening with those shepherds. It's a miraculous moment. They're, they talked about it the rest of their lives. I mean, it, and it traveled through generations. Their family talked about it. You know, Grandpa, one time he was out in a field, and guess what happened? Like, this, that was a big deal. But here's the real promise. They're in the middle of verse 10. The angel says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I'm bringing you news. I mean, it's almost like, no, you just showing up is really amazing. No, I'm bringing you news about something that's going to bring great joy, not just to you shepherds in this field, not just to your family and the generations from them, not just for the closest village nearby. No, no, this joy, this news I'm bringing you is about joy that is going to be for all people. And they had no idea what all people meant. The Savior, verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. This is good news that brings joy to everyone. I love the message translation. It says this, suddenly God's angels stood among them and God's glory blazed all around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. I mean, much like today, those shepherds lived in a society, in a culture where everyone had a place. There was a column for everything and everyone, and there were there were you know levels and and you know every, you know some people were much more in than others. And so to hear that there's good news for everybody, that's that's good news, and it was joy. So God didn't just announce his birth. He didn't just announce that the baby, that there was going to be a, a baby, but that this baby was going to bring joy to all people. In Matthew chapter 2, so now the angels visited shepherds. The angel has visited some wise men, and they did some things that as I like to talk about sometimes. They, they did some action steps. You're going to see some action steps that these wise men did in regard to finding joy. So we can do the same. Beginning in verse 1 of Matthew 2, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So we have the announcement he's coming, and now here he is. He's been born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that, some, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Skip down to verse 9. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure, treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So these wise men who were filled with joy, the scriptures tell us, they did 
four things I want to point out here. First of all, they were looking around. They observed what was happening. In verse 2, they saw the signs. They noticed that God was doing something. They knew of the prophecy. They knew what was, what was to come. And when they saw the signs, they responded. Okay, that's an action step, friends. They also were, were searching. So they observed, but they had to be searching first. They asked questions. They were seeking. They went forward. They followed this, and they asked questions. And then in verse 11, what do they do? They worshiped. They worshiped their intent was, was truly from a heart to know God. They didn't worship the star, which again was amazing in its own right. They worshiped what the star led them to, who the star led them to. And then we know that they valued, they valued, they took the time, the resources, the money, the energy to go and look and they brought gifts with them. Friends, if you're in search of joy, I'll tell you this, you're in search of Jesus. If, if joy is something that is elusive to you, it feels like you cannot grasp it, you would have loved to have said a five as I did on the scale. If you're in search of joy, if you're going, oh, I wish I, if I only had that joy, if I could only obtain that joy, I'm telling you, if you're in search of joy, you are in search of Jesus Christ. So back to this rating of our joy question. What God did is that he sent his only son, Jesus, so that we, because we're part of, the, of all people worldwide, so that we could experience true joy no matter what we have or what we don't have, what we're facing, what's come upon us, all the externals. He comes to bring joy because the joy is found in him. The promise, the eternal promise is where the joy lies. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 5. And this is kind of where peace and joy are, are, are very close cousins here. But he wrote this about having peace and joy. Beginning in verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, all right, Jesus, faith in Jesus Christ, the, the babe that has been born in Bethlehem. It's all connected. The whole story is connected. You don't talk about the death and the resurrection of Jesus without realizing that there was a birth. All of this is connected. He says, we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Okay? We keep the light on the cross. This is what he's done for us. Verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and what? Joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3, we can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, because those are factors in our joy, right? We think. For we know that they help us develop endurance. 
And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And then look at verse 11. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. It's all connected. It's all connected. You know, we're going to sing joy to the world in, in just a, in a bit. You know, and we sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. It wasn't originally a Christmas song. But it sure became one. My favorite line in, in this song, my favorite one, is that it says, Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. And that's where joy lives, friends. That's, that's where joy lives. Joy lives in the place where you and I have made room for Jesus Christ. That's where joy lives. We can look at all the externals that we want to, but where do we find joy? It is found in the place where we have made room for the one who brings joy, where we have made room for that one in our lives. That is where joy lives, in our hearts, in our minds, and then into our lives. Because you don't have joy in your heart and joy in your mind and then go about your everyday life and, and just like your whole countenance and, and attitude and everything is, is horrible. No, not if, not if you're living in joy. It, it, will, it will show. It will, it will find its way out. Joy. And I, so I think this is important for us to remember um, Joy is not going to come in uninvited. Joy is not going to come in uninvited to your life, friends. It's found in the person of Jesus. God made man. Gave his life. Rose again took our sins in, in his dying, our sins died with him. Joy doesn't just come in uninvited because we read about it. We read the words in the scriptures which are true, which are good, which is holy, which is powerful, which can change our lives. But we must offer the invitation for joy to come in. So if it's eluding you, if you're going, man, where is this joy? I wish she would quit saying joy. I don't have it. I wish it did. I don't. Invite joy in. And joy is Jesus Christ. See, if, if your world, if my world is um, overcrowded <laughs> uh, with no space for joy in it, we're going to be really hard-pressed to experience joy this Christmas or at any time. Because even in the most crowded circumstance, we have to make room. We have to make room. We make room for Jesus. We make room for his joy. Because here's what joy is. Joy is the startling realization that God has claimed territory in this world. Joy 
He's taken back what belongs to him. This is what is set in motion as Jesus comes as a baby. He's reclaiming the earth that has just been degraded down and down and down through time. So I talked about the action steps of those wise men. Let's consider those again. Take some time asking yourself these questions that, that they faced in search of Jesus, of the Messiah, and in doing so, they found joy. Are you noticing the signs? Are you looking around? I mean, is, isn't the fact that you're here today and you're hearing someone talk to you about joy and that it's found in Jesus and that you must invite it in, is that not a sign for anyone who feels like they are lacking joy right now? Are you paying attention? So they, were, they noticed the signs. Are you noticing the signs? Are you actively searching for God? Because that's what the wise men did. They sought guidance as they went along. Are, are you praying? Are you, are you asking God questions? Are you following him in the, in the small daily ways? Do you, do you understand who Jesus really is? Because they knew that they were looking for the king Do you know his value? Do you understand who God says he is? Do you know what the scriptures teach about him? And then do you, do you have a, a heart that wants God? Like that is, or is your faith more lukewarm? Or is it, is it actually like pursuing him? Are you bringing to God your best? Are you offering him your best? What's your level of joy? We sang just a moment ago, Casey sang, what, what can take away our hallelujah? Listen, if you have joy, nothing, <laughs> nothing. What can take away your hallelujah? Well, what, what, no darkness can contain. Nope, I'll still have a hallelujah to praise because I have joy. Why? Because the cross has made a way. Joy. Joy. It's not based on the externals. And I'm telling myself that right now, okay? If you listen, then that's good too. It's not about the externals. External conditions don't affect our joy. It's the eternal promises should be the only factor determining our joy. And that's Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and open up your hands to the Lord this morning? And would you receive this blessing from Romans chapter 15? Porch community, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you Trust in him. Then, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this we pray in the one who brings joy to this earth, who brings it not just for a select few, but for all who call on the name of Jesus Christ. And who understand that joy 
and peace are found in our faith in you. God, this morning, we invite Jesus in. We invite joy in to our lives. Forgive us for how we have allowed the external things to affect the, what's going on inside, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Oh, God, in, in all those things, really what, what we've tried to do is allow the externals to affect what's going on eternally. But nothing can shake that. Nothing can take away our hallelujah. God, we sing your praises together this morning. And we lift them up maybe louder or with more intentionality than we have ever before or in a very long time. Thank you for bringing joy through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.